Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone, and today we are in week 43 of our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. Today we only have one question, and I'm going to be talking to you about question 112. And today's question deals with the Ninth Commandment. And we, we, we get the Ninth Commandment um, in several places in the Old Testament, but specifically we've been looking at Deuteronomy chapter 5. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 20, we read this. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, the most basic definition of bearing false witness is when a person lies. It is to offer a false testimony to another person or about another person, even if that person doesn't live next door. Yes, I know that the phrase says against your neighbor, but that phrase against your neighbor is intended to be a generic understanding of other people. It's not just limited to those and only those that live nearby. And so have you ever lied to your neighbor or lied to a stranger or lied about uh, about that person or another person or your neighbor? Then you have broken the ninth commandment. If you've ever shared a story that was untrue, like a fish story, or if you've ever embellished a story to make yourself look better, to make another person look worse, then you are guilty, uh, as all of us are, of breaking the ninth commandment. And if you have ever misrepresented facts in a dispute with your neighbor or another person, then you are guilty of breaking this commandment. It it doesn't take a whole lot of imagination for us to kind of tease out what it means to bear false witness against other people, to lie against other people. And I would say this, it doesn't take much imagination for us to see that this command is aimed at establishing a culture of truth-telling. It's aimed at establishing honesty and integrity within social relationships. And this is God instructing His people. This is the way His people should be. In the world, we should be people of honesty, integrity, and truth-telling. And it doesn't take much imagination for us to see that this would be a very valuable addition to society. If everyone told the truth, then everyone could be trusted. Truth-telling promotes mutual respect for others and personal accountability for self. And this all seems so simple, right? If we would just all tell the truth, if we'd all just jump on board the honesty honesty train, everything would be okay. And Well, yeah, it, it would be. It would be far better. But the, the real problem is not that simple. The real problem behind the lies that we tell is, well, there's this motivation that comes from the heart that is corrupted, and that heart was corrupted when the very first lie entered into the world and became perhaps one of the most destructive sins ever committed. So lying is not a small thing. It's a major thing. The first lie occurred in the garden in Genesis 3. And from that point forward, lying is a sin at the very heart of our fallen human nature. Jesus called Satan the father of lies in John 8:44 and in Psalm 116:11 he tells us that all men are liars. There's a connection there. When we lie, we are d- displaying the character and the actions of Satan. Our God Yahweh God is a covenant-keeping God. He never lies. He always tells the truth. But we are covenant breakers who lie naturally and treat it like it's no big deal. But it is a big deal. And the Heidelberg is going to help us 
begin to see just how big of a deal it actually is. And so let's look at question 112. What is God's will for you in the ninth commandment? And here's the answer. God's will is that I never give false testimony against anyone. Uh, Twist no one's words, not gossip or slander, nor join in condemning anyone without a hearing or without a just cause. Rather, in court and everywhere else, I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. These are the devices of the devil himself, and they would call down on me God's intense anger. I should love the truth, speak it candidly, and openly acknowledge it, and I should do what I can to guard and advance my neighbor's good name. Now, there's a lot packed into this answer, and since the the Ninth Commandment is very simple, I want us to focus in on all the different aspects of this particular answer here. Let's break it down and look at each sentence one at a time and see what we can learn about ourselves and about our heart and about our needs. First, it says that um, it is God's will that we never give false testimony. And, and that should be understood. As we read through the Bible, we see there's something about God, there's something about man, and these things are different. God is always a truth teller, and God wants his people to be people of integrity. He wants us to be like him. In fact, he calls us in Christ, in Ephesians chapter 5, to imitate him as our heavenly father. He wants us to be people that others can trust because he is a trustworthy God. He wants us to be truth tellers because he's a truth teller. He wants us to be the kind of people who say what we mean and mean what we say. God wants us to be like him and in in regard to telling the truth, God never lies. But from the garden on, throughout all of biblical history, we see that God speaks the truth and Satan is the father of lies. And one of the key distinctions between the people of God and the unbelieving world is whether or not we believe the truth and speak the truth. So the the fact that it is God's will for us that we never give false testimony, this is just consistent throughout all of Scripture. But there's another line in there. Right after it says that this is God's will, that we never give false testimony, it says it is also God's will that we never twist another person's words. So have you ever told a story and stressed something that was said in such a way that you came off looking like the good guy and the other person came off looking like the bad guy? Well, of course we have. This happens so frequently. It happens so frequently in daily life that we've even adopted the habit of saying things like this. Now, is that exactly what the person said? And and the implication for this is that we know that people are prone to twist another's words because we're prone to do so. Right? I mean, this is just very common. And then there's the fact that not only do we twist another person's words to make us look good, to make them look bad, Um, But we also have this issue of gossip and slander, right? It's right there in that first sentence. It says that we should not gossip or slander and and not join in condemning anyone without a hearing and without a just cause. And so to gossip means to pass on information that isn't true or to pass on what is true without permission or necessity. Um, And we love to do this. We love to talk about things. We love to share information. We love to be the people in the know. We love to be the people that have the inside scoop. We love to do that. It's just in our hearts. It's, It's a desire that we possess. And we gossip when we talk about other people um, sometimes we do it with what, what seem to be good motives, like when we share a prayer request, but we're really just wanting to get this information out about so-and-so and his breakup with his girlfriend, right? I mean, we, we gossip when we reveal information that shouldn't be shared. Some things are shared with us 
in confidence. And gossip is when we go around and we share that information beyond the bounds of what is necessary. And there are, there are cases where we do need to share very sensitive and, and serious information because it is necessary. But far too often we share it when it is unnecessary. Slander means to, to spread false reports. And it includes when we cause others to believe false reports. So let me give you an example of the difference between gossip and slander. So um, slander, you can think about it this way. If I went and started a rumor chain, right, I just made up some story about a person and I began to share that with others with the expectation that it would continue to go around. Or if I was part of a rumor chain, I wasn't the one who started it, but I know that this story is coming out about a particular individual and I just keep it going. I don't do anything to stop it. Both of these are forms of slander. To join in condemning someone is that, that the last part of that first sentence. And, and that kind of gives you the idea of being in a courtroom setting or, or being in a situation where judgment is actually being rendered here. Uh, but it says that to join in condemning someone without a hearing or without a just cause, that goes hand in hand with slander. And this happens because or when we think the worst of a person before actually hearing the facts. I mean, how many times have we been watching the news and, and we, we see this news report about this person that's been accused of committing a crime and, and we just look at that person and we automatically make a snap judgment about them? Right? Well, what we've done is we've shown our prejudice. This is the root of prejudice, when we think the worst of a person before actually knowing the facts. And we're all guilty of this at some level. We're all guilty of prejudice. Sometimes we simply look at a person and we assume that they're wrong. We assume that they are guilty and that they're not to be trusted, even when we haven't heard the story. And the Ninth Commandment is instructing us to... To understand that it is God's will that we always tell the truth. To understand that we shouldn't gossip, we shouldn't slander, and we should not condemn anyone. We should withhold our judgment until the truth can be heard. The Ninth Commandment calls on us to show love and respect to everyone in such a way that we hold them to be innocent until the facts prove them to be guilty. Um, okay, so let's look at the second sentence here. The second sentence tells us that in court and everywhere else, I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. These are the devices the devil himself uses, and they would call down on me God's intense anger. So the ninth commandment, again, is being applied in every walk of life, not just in the courtroom. It tells us that we should avoid lying and deceit of every kind, whether I'm in the courtroom uh, or I'm in the, the classroom or I'm in the lunchroom, or I'm in the kitchen, or I'm on my own. I should be telling the truth. I should be avoiding lying and deceit of every kind. Uh, it tells us that we should not only do that, but it also gives us the idea that the, the real point here is that we should be the people who speak the truth. It's not enough to just not lie. We're also being called to be truth-tellers in every circumstances. So when we file our taxes, there shouldn't be any exaggeration. When we talk about how busy we are, we, we should be clear and honest. Some of us want to paint ourselves in the best possible light. When we talk about our devotional lives and we talk about how much we pray or how much we read the Bible or how much we love our neighbors, and, and here's the, the truth, we should be honest about that. We shouldn't embellish that. We shouldn't deceive others in how we tell those stories. We shouldn't say we got up at 5 a.m. because we think it's going to make us look better when we actually got up at 7 a.m. I mean, just little things like this. We should be absolutely honest 
and not try to cause others to think more highly of us than they really should. Okay, now you might not want to admit this, but this is a problem for all of us. We embellish things. We tell lies. We, we deceive. We, we paint pictures. We do all of these things. We use words in such a way that they are dishonest. All of us do this at some level, and it reveals something about our hearts that God wants us to see. That's why he's given us this command. He wants to show us our own hearts. And, and what this command reveals is that the impulses in our heart are devilish I mean, and, and worthy of God's just anger. Lying and deceit are sinful. They're wicked and they are deserving of judgment. Proverb 22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. In Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19, we have this passage, a well-known passage about the, the six things that the Lord hates, the seven things that are an abomination to him. And here's the list. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Now, did you catch that lying is in there twice? A lying tongue and a false witness who breathes out lies. This is a serious sin in the eyes of God. Now, we don't think of it as being that serious, but God does. And the reason God does is because it is a sin that comes straight from the playbook of our enemy. It is a serious sin because it stands in absolute contradiction to the character of God. And so we need to take it seriously, and we need to avoid telling any kind of lie or deceit of any kind, because these are the devices the devil himself uses, and they are, they are worthy of the just judgment of God. Now, the final sentence tells us that we should do whatever we can to guard and advance our neighbor's good name. And it tells us that we do that by uh, loving the truth and speaking the truth candidly and openly acknowledging the truth. So how do we do this? Well, the goal of our social interaction uh, is to be truth-tellers, right? This is the aim of God's people when it comes to personal relationships. This is also what loving your neighbor looks like in action, when you are committed to speaking the truth to them and the truth about them. Now, I don't want to share something that is going to paint my neighbor or paint my friend or paint this other person in a negative light unnecessarily. And I don't want to assume something that is untrue of them. I don't want to represent them in such a way that their good name would be diminished in the eyes of others. I want to guard and advance the good name of everyone. Now, we have a problem with this in a lot of different ways, but one of the places I think we see this um, quite, quite frequently is we have a tendency, well, I'll just say it as honestly as I can. Sometimes we have a tendency to share the worst about the people that are closest to us. It's not uncommon for women to get together and complain about their husbands. And it's not uncommon for men to get together and uh, make passing negative comments about their wives. We do this about our moms and our dads. Kids complain about moms and dads. We, we do these kind of things. And and it's absolutely wrong. It's, it's absolutely sinful, not just for the church, but for everyone, but especially for the people of God. My wife is a gift from the Lord. She's a gift to me. She's a gift to my children. She's a gift to everyone around her. And, and yes, I am privy to certain information and certain things that she does, the, the little quirks that go on in her life. 
but I want to guard her good name in every way possible, and I want to advance my wife's good name in every way possible. And in my case, that's not a very hard thing to do. Uh, my wife is a wonderful woman, but there are ways that I could share things that would paint her in a negative light. And the scriptures are saying, no, that's not how we're supposed to act. In fact, that's a sinful way to approach the relationships that God has given you. And so I want you to to think about that. How can you guard and advance the good name of everyone from those strangers that you meet to those neighbors that you spend time with to the co-workers that you see on a daily basis to your own family that you live with and live under the same roof with? How can you guard and advance their good name? Because that honors the Lord and it honors them. You see, the ninth commandment is key to having the kind of relationships, the kind of society, and the kind of Christian community that honors and reflects the goodness of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, we read that we should speak the truth in love. And by that, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's the goal. That's the goal, to build the body of Christ up, to build the community up, to build the church and the family up in love. And we do that by speaking the truth. So the Bible is filled with warnings for how our tongues can cause destruction, and it is also filled with instruction about how our words can give life. In Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we want our tongues to give life. Jesus wants us to be people whose tongues give life. And he wants us to be a church whose speech is trustworthy. And the truth is that we will all fail in this. But what should we do when we fail? Well, we should remember the gospel. We should remember that God doesn't love us because we're truth tellers. God loves us because we are in need of his love. He sent his son to die in our place so that we could be forgiven our sin and reconciled to him. And now, because we have come to know God through Christ and we have a relationship to God who is love and grace, we want to honor God by being like him. We want to speak the truth. So we need to first, we need to remember the gospel. We also need to be those who make things right. When we speak in, in a way that is uh, deceitful or when we tell a lie or we bear false witness, we need to confess our sin to God. We need to ask the Lord to cleanse our heart and ask the Lord to give us strength to be truth tellers. But then we might also need to go to that person that we've sinned against, whether they know it or not, and we need to let them know that we are sorry. We need to confess our sin to them and we need to make things right with genuine repentance. We need to grow to be people who know the dangers of lying and who seek by God's daily grace to be those who speak and uphold the truth. Well, thanks for joining me today to learn about this ninth commandment. Next week, we're going to continue to uh, study through the, the Ten Commandments. We're going to get to the very last one, and I hope that you will join me for that. We're going to be looking at Lord's Day 44, and we've got three, uh, three questions next week, 113, 114, and 115. Now, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBCWiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.